0: Amen. Why don't you uh, take your seats? Now, for anybody who uh, I haven't met this morning, I'm, um, I'm Deborah. I'm one of the team here at Highgrove and I've been part of this church, not as long as Andrew Street, but uh, for around about 24 years. Gosh, I was about six when I came, obviously. Um, I I moved into a rented house in Seamell's when Ed and I um, got uh, married, when we first got married and we joined the congregation um, at that point too. And uh, a few years later, after living in rented accommodation, um, we decided that we wanted to buy a house in the area. So we worked out how much we could afford, Uh, we could just about afford it, Um, I think Ed Yeah. Were you a student? Or, you know, you yeah, I can't remember. Um, you, I think you just started a job and I I was working in a job. And, uh, was, uh, a job and um, we asked God uh, to guide our choices. And um, and we started to view houses that were on the market and um, looked at quite a few of them. And then eventually we walked into one. And literally as soon as we stepped over the threshold of the, the door, we knew this was the one. This was the one. This was the the right house for us and we put in an offer that um, was accepted sort of early January and um, and then we waited for that buying process to complete, and we were young, we were naive, and we thought we would be moving into that house in six to eight weeks, like the estate agent told us. Um, What we didn't realise then was that a house buying boom was started, had just started, and as the months went on, house prices rocketed, and the buying chain that we were in collapsed collapsed about five different times. Okay. And by June, so this was back in January, and then by June we hadn't made any progress. There's been no progress made um, in in this uh, in the process. And um we were now completely priced out of the market. There was, uh, yeah, there was nothing that we could afford and there was absolutely no reason why the people who we were buying from um, shouldn't put the house back on the market and get a much, much higher price for it. So we set aside a day uh, to pray and to fast uh, about our housing situation. And at the end of the day, um, Ed, uh, God gave Ed a picture of ballroom dancers. And he was like, I have no idea what that's about. And, um, but God gave me the interpretation um, that it was all about the timing. It was all about the timing. And um, so we just kept trusting and we kept praying lots, uh, even though that situation seemed completely impossible. Um, So at the start of January 2003, a year virtually to the day, we can't remember whether it was a day before or a day after, but a year later, um, we moved into our house. At exactly the same price that we would put in an offer for the year before, even though house prices had increased by 35%, it was crazy. The vendors had kept that original price. Buying our house was a miracle, it was a real miracle. You know, I'm sure we've all experienced, or at least heard of, amazing answers to prayer like that. Situations that in earthly terms looked hopeless, yet someone, in Christian language we call them intercessors, uh, trusted God and faithfully prayed now, maybe it's a story of healing, maybe of God providing money or a job. Maybe you've read of the amazing impact of, of prayer in, in World War II or the role of intercessors in the fall of the Iron Curtain. Now, of course, there's a mystery to prayer. Not all of our prayers seem to be answered in the way that we might want. Not everyone is healed. Not every accident is averted. Not every job interview is successful. Bad stuff still happens to good people. And in those situations, then prayer can bring us peace and it can help us come to terms with what's going on. Prayer changes us from the inside out. But prayer also releases power. Prayer releases power to affect real, tangible change in this world. Um, Theologian Walter Wink says, history belongs to the intercessors who believe the future into being. Tyler Staten, who's the um, national director of 24 7 prayer over in the u.s he says in his in a book that he's just written prayer is heaven's highest security clearance free access to stroll right into the heavenly vault gather up whatever we can carry and hand it out to the world that's inspiring isn't it it's inspiring so today we are carrying on our series called "Prayers of the Saints," looking at different prayers recorded in the Bible, and today we're looking at uh, at the prayer of Daniel who if you were with us a couple of weeks ago during the summer holidays, you would have heard how Daniel uh, valued prayer so much uh, that he um, he refused to stop praying to God and got thrown into a den of lions. Um Daniel had been taken from his home uh, as a a boy with the best and the brightest in the land uh, to a city called, uh, an enemy city called Babylon. And um, his home, the city of Jerusalem, uh, the place on earth where God had chosen to dwell in the temple, uh, was left in ruins. And there was just a remnant population left there. You know, what the people of God were experiencing through that time was a consequence of their actions. They'd rebelled against God. They'd become corrupt. They'd exploited the poor and the vulnerable. God had warned them through prophets to change their ways many times. But they'd ignored, they'd ignored the warnings. They'd even murdered the prophets so God had removed his protection of them and handed them over to experience the consequences of the way that they were living. Now, the book of Daniel in the Bible gives us some of the challenges that Daniel faced while he was living in Babylon. But it's much more than that. Daniel, the book of Daniel, was, so Daniel was given visions of, of, um, of heaven, of which shaped his and, and our understanding of, of spiritual battles that are happening right now. Daniel recognised the sovereignty of God in spite of all the physical evidence that his eyes could see in front of him. Daniel believed his prayers released Power, and he experienced many miraculous answers to those prayers. So there are a number of prayers uh, recorded in the Bible that Daniel prayed, and today we're going to look at one of them. So we're going to look at Daniel chapter nine, uh, starting at verse one. If you've got a Bible uh, with you, then um, yeah, turn to Daniel chapter nine. Um, if you uh, want to just follow along on the screen, then um, then that's great. So, in the first year of Darius, son of Xerxes, a Mede by descent, who was made ruler over the Babylonian kingdom, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood from the scriptures, according to the word of the Lord given to Jeremiah the prophet, that the desolation of Jerusalem would last 70 years. I prayed to the Lord, my God, and confessed, Lord, the great... Oh, sorry. Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keep his commandments. We have sinned and done wrong. We have been wicked and have rebelled. We have turned away from your commands and laws. We have not listened to your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings, our princes, and our ancestors, and to all the people of the land. And then he carried on for a few more verses uh, with a bit more confession. And then we're going to skip to verse 17. Now, O God... Now, our God, hear the prayers and petitions of your servant. For your sake, Lord, look with favour on your desolate sanctuary. Give ear, our God, and hear. Open your eyes and see the desolation of the city that bears your name. We do not make requests of you because we are righteous, but because of your great mercy. Lord, listen. Lord, forgive. Lord, hear and act. For your sake, my God, do not delay because your city and your people bear your name. What a bold prayer! Daniel is asking for the nation to be restored, for captives to be freed, for a city to be rebuilt. That is not a small prayer. He's asking for the state of an entire nation to be changed. And Daniel's using really forceful language. Lord, listen. Lord, forgive. Lord, hear and act. And my question to us today is, do we pray like that? Do we regularly engage in that type of prayer? Do we have those same expectations as as Daniel, that when we pray, God will intervene to change whole nations, to change the situation for whole people groups? Do we expect God to do something that is impossible for man in response to our requests? How often do we pray in that way? But the Bible tells us that we can. We can pray like Daniel. In fact, it's more than an option. It's actually part of God's original plan for us. So in the creation story in Genesis chapter 1, God gave man the instruction to rule over the earth in partnership with God. But Adam and Eve's sin and the sinful nature that's a part of all of us led to this ruling together with God to be broken. In fact, this same instruction to rule has been used to justify exploitation of uh, of the world's resources. But it's clear, we are made to rule in God's image. God doesn't exploit or manipulate for his own God's plan was for men and women to be intercessors, partnering with God in lovingly overseeing the world, carrying God's authority to rule in selfless love. Jesus died. So that this role of ruling, of speaking into life, God's plans and purposes might be restored to us. Before Jesus returned to heaven, he stated to his disciples, uh, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. And then he gave them instructions of how they were to bring heaven to earth. Making more followers of Jesus who would speak with authority to bring God's kingdom into situations around the world through interceding. Standing in the gap between God and man. The, uh, The apostle Paul tells the early church in 1 Timothy 2. It says, I urge you, I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people. For kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all good godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Saviour, who wants all people to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. Now, we are not Jesus. I think we know that. We are not Jesus. But we, if we are a follower of Jesus, every single time we pray, we come before the Father in heaven, clothed in the robe and the crown of a ruler. Did you know that? In the eyes of heaven, we are filled with Jesus' status and standing. And we can see from Daniel's prayer that he recognised, he he had a God-given authority to speak into national situations. And we too have been given an authority to speak into situations big and small, national and personal i'm inspired by the life and prayers of daniel in chapter six if we flipped back a few pages to chapter six it tells us that king darius was about to set daniel as a ruler over the whole kingdom daniel clearly had influence in babylon I'm sure he could have made an awful lot of change happen in his human role, in his own abilities, but he recognised that without prayer and intercession, that earthly influence was was null and void. In the same way, there are, are physical, practical things that we can do to bring God's kingdom to earth we can generously share our wealth like we did this morning that we've done this morning in uh, giving to our global and local partners we can pursue careers where we care for the vulnerable and the marginalized I know lots of you uh, are in those roles and they do you do it so sacrificially we can advocate for justice in the world. We can care for the planet. We can share our faith with family and friends. And these are all really fantastic, important, and actually invaluable things to do. But without prayer, our actions are, are going to be limited. You know, as a church, we can run brilliant programs. To bless our community. But they will only be transformational. They will only transform people's lives if God moves. So just like Daniel, we're called to live in a different way. Seeing the world through a different lens. One where we can recognize that there is a spiritual realm we must get involved in that we can work hard and we can do good things. But if we want to see God's kingdom coming in our families, in our friendship circles, in our communities across the world, then interceding in prayer is the key. When we put prayer at the center, it's like we're reorientating, we're changing the view of our lives towards what, matters we're reminding ourselves of what is eternal and if we don't do that if we don't put prayer at the center then we can start believing almost imperceptibly that subtle lie that this small this temporary kingdom of earth is the ultimate one just as I finish, uh, I just want to tell you a little bit about uh, a few years back. I was feeling like I was needing to be stirred up in my faith. I recognized I was missing something of that fire and enthusiasm of of being a a young Christian. And I'd become comfortable uh, and sort of just a bit more inward focused. I knew I needed to make myself a little bit uncomfortable. So at the time, our local Anglican church just down the road, St Edith, they were running a a 7am prayer uh, time once a week. So for a year, once a week, I got up uh, an hour or so early so I could rush down the road for 30 minutes of prayer and be back in time to get my boys ready for school. And I'm sure lots of you get up that time every day, but I don't. I'm a wimp. Um, And uh, yeah, getting up on those cold, freezing cold um, January and February mornings felt like a struggle. It felt like a sacrifice. And it did help me to get out of my comfort zone, to reorientate my life, to stir me up for God's kingdom. Now, if you are feeling similar to, to, to how I was, that, that similar stirring, to, to, that you want to recapture the fire for God's kingdom. Or maybe you're feeling stirred about wanting to see God break into situations around the world, or even here in our city, then I want to recommend to you our early morning prayer meeting, 7 a.m., um, we're starting back this uh, this week after a, a little summer break and it's online so you don't even have to leave the house on a January or February cold morning. You just have to click a Zoom link and join in for 30 minutes each week front of your phone screens or your computer screens. But we've also got... Um, an in-person worship and prayer evening planned for Friday the 13th of October. It's here in the Highgrove building. It's going to be fantastic, so put the dates in your diary uh, now.